Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? It's February. It's February. The last episode that we put out was published on December 3rd. We're two months removed from our last episode. Yeah, we were so, so confident about <laughs> getting we really that holiday were, episode we, done. We really shouldn't be during the holiday season. Like, we, we should learn from the past. But we just haven't. Ladies, gentlemen, and anyone in between. Not even a little. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This is episode 60. As you can hear, there is no third person with us. Uh, It is just Roberto and I. Um, Katie, who uh, the gifted faker, who is going to be joining us, was supposed to join us for episode 60, will now be joining us for episode 61 uh, with holiday schedules and things that she's got going with streaming and cosplay and stuff like that. It just... It didn't work out, and Rob and I didn't want to keep pushing to just not have an episode out for two months, even though that's what happened. Um, Apparently, they're all going to some kind of boating convention, I believe. Uh, I believe it is anime, but I can understand why you would think boats mm, are anime. No, no, something. I think it's accounting. <laughs> accounting convention, yes. They're, they're cosplaying at an accounting convention. Um, and I would love to go. Um, <laughs> So it's been a while, but we're back. Rob has a good pitch for us today. I think I have a funny, funny idea here. It's a little out there. It's a little strange. And my cast is very eclectic. So uh, mm. I did to, to go through with this one. Um, but before we even dive into the episode and everything, Rob, how you doing? Oh, boy. How much time do we have? Honestly, as much time as we want. It's our fucking That's podcast. true. It's our show. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had a, a really nice, relaxing holiday season. I hope everyone nice. else did well. Yes. Yeah. We we saw you for Christmas. Uh, I did. We did not get to see you for New Year's because we were quarantined because of a uh, exposure. We, had, we did not yeah. end up getting COVID, thankfully, uh, but we were quarantined for New Year's Eve. We fell asleep at like 1030 and it was glorious. I loved every Amazing. second of it. I've been like... <laughs> It, it it speaks a lot about like the way I perceive myself that I think this is a problem, but lately <laughs> I've been falling asleep at a decent hour and getting a lot of sleep. I have not <laughs> felt like drinking. I have been going to the gym. And oh my shit! Really good job, dude. Yeah, my immediate response to these things because they just sort of happened. I didn't really do them intentionally. Mm-hmm. Is that there's something physically wrong with me? <laughs> What is going on in my mind that I'm doing healthy things? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've, did, I've... did you really fall asleep at 11 o'clock? <laughs> when, I was, when I was in my early 20s and stuff, I drank, but I, I was never like an excessive drink. Like, obviously not an excessive drinker. I wasn't like an alcoholic. But like, you know, I drank in college and stuff, and I drank when we had parties. But I haven't had, like, besides the random, like, oh, I could go for a glass of wine right now. I haven't drank. I haven't been drunk in years. I'll tell you that much. It's been years since I've actually been like drunk. Wow. Um, I just don't do it. I smoke a lot of weed 
and it's yeah, legal in our state, so I can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed, and uh, I find that way better because with alcohol, you have the hangover. You don't, unless you do way too much weed, which is possible, you don't get a hangover. You just kind of wake up like, oh, still a little bit tired. <laughs> that's like <laughs> it. <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, I like, I trained drunk Rob a long time ago to like drink yeah. a lot of water. So yeah, you you also drink or, or used to at least at parties a lot of hard liquor as opposed to most people who had like beers or now the huge thing is you know hard seltzers and shit like that. But you were always a hard liquor guy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best way to go to hell. <laughs> it's that Catholic in you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we got the booze, weed, and happiness out of the way, uh, let's get down to some puritanical Christmas hijinks shall we of course uh coming to you this week from wbur wbur <laughs> local <laughs> coverage uh your massachusetts national public radio station <laughs> uh this one is uh short enough where i'm just gonna read the whole thing sure for the folks at home this is called uh because we uh we felt like doing sneeze. a little holiday something go ahead Oh, uh, I lost it. It's going to it's going to happen that in sucks. a second while you're talking. I know it. <laughs> How the Puritans once banned Christmas in Massachusetts. Uh, you've likely heard the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. But what about the one where the Puritans in Massachusetts banned the holiday altogether? I like the idea of one person listening to our podcast going, no, I, I don't know that story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm unfamiliar. The Grinch? Grinch? What is that? How do you, how do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> the penalty for keeping Christmas was a law enacted under Puritan rule in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1659. For the next 22 years, anyone found celebrating the holiday by failing to work, feasting, or any other way would be fined. According to the state's trial courts, the five shilling fine equates to about 50 bucks today. Jonathan Beecher Field, an associate professor at Clemson University who studies 17th century New England Puritans, attributed the ban in part to the holiday's emphasis on pagan traditions. The Puritans were very concerned with a very scripturally based form of worship, Field said. There's not scriptural evidence for Jesus Christ's birth on December the 25th. Christmas was added to Christ about 400 years after he was alive. This is true. If you do like... uh, basically the star charts and census data from that time jesus was probably born in april (laughs) so i i do have a question i don't know your experience or historical knowledge of puritans mine i blocked out of my memory because as a literary major a literature major in college i despise nathaniel hawthorne so anything puritan i hated um (laughs) my, my question here is they they talk about how they were uh like scripturally uh, they follow the Bible like to a T, right? With the scripture. Yeah. Does that include things that people discuss today in terms of like wearing fabric, uh, two different fabrics and clothing or planting crops side by side or things like that? Do you know if that's... Pro- they probably, they were probably close adherents of, of Leviticus. It's also like some of those things they really couldn't uh, do if they wanted to. Their clothes would have been wool. That's That's true. That's yeah. true, yeah. I mean, my experience um, and my knowledge of like Leviticus comes directly from President Bartlett. So uh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I know anything else about the Bible. <laughs> it's, ju- it's, it's just a whole section of the book of weird Jews being mad at each other. It's just like, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all religions have that. Islam has Hadith. It's, it's ve- the same thing. Just true. don't do yeah. it. Um, but y- yeah, y- 
because I went to Catholic school as a kid, like the mm-hmm. period we didn't really learn about the Puritans. Uh, it was only in college that I started reading about them, and like there's this this difference between like the American perception of the Puritans from like the myths of Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. who they actually were. Like, if you ask people about the Puritans, the thing you'll probably get is that they came to America fleeing religious persecution. Right. That's not really true. They huh. came to America because the English government wouldn't let them persecute people. <laughs> they weren't fleeing religious persecuting persecution. They were looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Church That's of England was line. not mad enough for them. <laughs> That's the tagline of the movie. They were not fleeing religious persecution. They were looking for it. <laughs> I actually like that a lot. Liam Neeson, Steven Seagal, and it's just <laughs> oh god, and starring Liam Neeson is uh oh I don't remember the name. Whoever John Daniel Smith, Day-Lewis I don't know. Played. They're all yeah. yeah. John, John Proctor. That was it. John Proctor. Um, Proctor. So, uh, yeah, just swerving back to the article. Um, the Reverend Increase Mather, who was the father of yeah. Salem witch trial figurehead Cotton Mather, was yeah. a leading proponent of the ban. He believed celebrations were highly dishonorable and overconsumed with an excess of wine and mad mirth. So too much <laughs> happiness for, for Reverend Mather. Oh, uh, mad mirth. <laughs> he also questioned whether or not the celebration would please Jesus Christ himself. Because if there's one thing Christians are good at, it's using Jesus as a little angry sock puppet. <laughs> Jesus was He's a an... pretty chill guy. Jesus is fucking elf on the shelf for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Field said the Puritans were also heavily invested in a social hierarchy defined by class. He pointed to the famed City Upon a Hill sermon by the colony's first governor, John Winthrop. In it, Winthrop compares society to a human body. Some people get to be the head, and some people have to be the feet. So there's a very undemocratic hierarchical vision that Winthrop had, Field said. And one of the things about holidays is that they often invert social order. See our previous episode about the Lord of Misrule. (laughs) <laughs> I just love the idea of being like, look, it's it's a society. Some people get to be the head, but other people have to be the fungus between the toes. And, you know, you're just going to have to deal yeah. with that. We're supposed <laughs> to be living in a society. We're living in a society. <laughs> we uh, act in a civilized manner. <laughs> uh, while traditions like Christmas trees, feasts, and gift giving were not celebrated by the Puritans, they were also not the main target of the band. Instead, historians say it was spurred by activities that disrupted this social hierarchy so valued by the group. This included a tradition called wassailing, in which poor colonists would show up at rich people's homes to offer well wishes in exchange for gifts. However, the alcohol-fueled nature of wassailing meant the activity often turned violent. Dude, so I looked it up, and wassailing literally just means getting drunk and demanding shit. Yep. We, we keep that tradition alive today with, with uh, Yuletide Wassail. It's a wonderful yep, kind of wine. Which they're, uh, they're also about to discuss with uh, caroling. Yep. You would have this kind of culture of drunken revelry with poor people barging into rich people's houses and demanding <laughs> treats. Felix Why don't said. we still do that today? Not in caroling. Just like barging into like... Well, I want to barge into like someone's penthouse apartment and be like, give me your TV. Because they've replaced the muskets with AR-15s. That is true. Um, you miss me once, I'm going to get you. You're probably not going to miss me 30 times. Uh, the tradition is uh, perhaps best reflected today in the Christmas Carol. We wish you a Merry Christmas, where the singers demand figgy pudding 
and threaten now, not to leave us, until the homeowners meet their demands. Give us some figgy pudding. <laughs> like orcs in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like figgy pudding's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> the law was eventually repealed in 1681 under pressure from England, but Field said the ban was enough to break cultural norms for celebrating the holiday. While there was no longer a threat of a fine, most people continued to attend school and work on Christmas Day until it was declared a federal holiday by Ulysses S. Grant 200 years later. Yeah, that's that's fascinating to think. Massachusetts sucks. <laughs> if we have any fans in Massachusetts, just know that Rob thinks you suck. <laughs> yeah. Your city is not put together well. Okay? No one wants to drive in Boston. Everything's a weird, angular street. Why that's isn't it why- a grid? Dude, that's why I can never get over people who say that it's impossible to go through New York. I was like, how? How? (laughs) It's it's the simplest possible thing. It's a bunch (laughs) of boxes. Where you at? 34th and 5th? Where you want to go? 45th and 6th? 11 up and 1 over, you simple bitch. Uh, This used to be a real country. (laughs) (laughs) We're turning Uh, to libertarians. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do Ron Swanson for the rest of the podcast. Legit. Speaking of Ron Swanson and Boston, one of my favorite things about you're watching The Last of Us. Yes, yes. Uh, not going to spoil anything because the episode three had just come out. So I'm not going to spoil that for the podcast. Uh, but I love that Stephen King tweeted out. Did you see what he tweeted? Uh, about that episode? Yeah. Uh, no. Hold on. Let me find it real quick. Um, he he, uh, he posted something very quick about the episode. He just said, The Last of Us episode three. Do you really want to tell me that's 10 miles west of Boston? <laughs> Right, there were like mountains and shit. Yeah, it was like a full-on forest. and (laughs) Like, you know, the marathon goes further than that. (laughs) (laughs) However, episode three was absolutely perfect. Yeah, that was probably... That's the most poignant episode of television since probably the Tulsa Massacre episode of uh, Watchmen. Um, Uh, I I haven't watched Watchmen, actually. I, I need to. Oh boy, that was that was a piece of television. Did that, did that <laughs> one get canceled too? It it wasn't really canceled. It's just it was a limited series. Okay, because for me, one of the biggest upsets was Lovecraft Country getting canceled because that show was spectacular. Yeah, fantastic, and one of the few times uh, you can credit that with not studio interference or yeah anything, but the showrunners being pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, let's. Let's discuss because I I'm curious the direction you went on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was your pitch, so I believe you asked me first. It's been so long. I don't remember how we do this. I believe <laughs> because I brought it to the table. You say the thing to me. Is that true? You go first. Is that how it is? I always thought it was the other way around. I'm fa- I'm fairly certain. People listening like, to this yeah. right now are like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm fairly certain that the onus is on the person who brought it to the table. Okay, let's let's do that. And if that's wrong, this is the way we're doing it from now on. So, Rob, what do you got? So, uh, I wanted to do um, sort of a very hateful Christmas film. So, <laughs> what a thing to say. Uh, <laughs> like uh, Violent Night? <laughs> Uh, no, no, just more spiteful. Um, oh, okay. so my movie, my movie is called "The War in Christmas," <laughs> um, and it was kind of inspired by a couple things. One is I wanted to do like a Jack Lemon style comedy. Oh, my favorite um, actor of all time. Gotcha. Uh, 
Um, and the other is, you know, I, I was obviously watching Elf over the holiday season, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Right. Uh, and there's the whole sequence in Elf at the beginning where he he falls backwards into a job at like a, a department store uh, yeah. during Christmas time, and he he turns it into a winter wonderland. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> the movie came out like almost twenty years ago. <laughs> oh my God, we're getting old. Uh, yeah. yeah, we are. So I, I kind of wanted to invert that because of the the joy and affection that he brings to that department store. Um, so my director is um, a guy named George Armitage, who directed Gross Point Blank, which hmm. is a really great black comedy if you haven't seen it. Um, I don't think so. No, uh, John Cusack, Dan Aykroyd, Joan Cusack. Is it an older movie? Is it like an 80s John Cusack? Uh, Dan Aykroyd, early, early 90s, I want to say. What was it called? Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank. It, it's a pun. It it's, it's Point Blank, and there's uh, Gross Point Michigan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mini Driver, too. Right, yeah. Alan Arkin, Hank Azaria. Jeez, this thing's packed. It's a great cast. It's a very sardonic black comedy about a hitman going to his high school reunion. Yeah, I don't know this one. That's interesting. Yeah. But uh, that was the kind of the energy I wanted. So um, my, my cast for this uh, is led by William H. Macy because um, he's okay. one, of the, one of the few actors I feel has a sort of Jack Lemmon-esque energy to him in comedy. I could very much see that, and I haven't thought about that before. I like that, yeah. actually. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of things about Jack Lemmon. It's obviously the comic timing, but, like, there's an element of, like, he doesn't look like a movie star, but he's also like, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things, and there's not a lot of people who bring that. So William H. Macy is the manager of uh, Macy's, if we can get them. Uh, <laughs> and if Jason. not we make up our own like lipkins <laughs> or uh i don't know nobody's using sears so <laughs> <laughs> so um he's he's been the manager of this uh this department store i'm thinking in a like a large midwest city but not like a new york mm-hmm. or a chicago or anything like st louis or something yeah like it's it's big but he's not dealing with like manhattan tourism crowds mm-hmm. uh and he has come to despise every year the sheer amount of effort that he has to put in to turning okay. his, his department store into a winter wonderland. Um, <laughs> and sort of trying to invert it, he's, he's got a variety of schemes, uh, some of which his employees are on board with, obviously because they hate dealing with the holiday rush crowd, uh, some of which <laughs> other employees are actively trying to foil because they're decent people and they love Christmas. <laughs> um, like he's got, I want him to go through a variety of different schemes to try and torpedo the notion of this store ever doing holiday celebrations and holiday decorations ever again like (laughs) small things to large things i would probably start with like trying to take the religious angle like well you say it's holiday decorations but uh you know there's a lot of stars there's a lot of snow there's trees (laughs) like trying to really like rile up like other local religious community which is unsuccessful of course because no one actually gives a shit about these things the war on christmas isn't real yeah um so so that doesn't work um you know trying to uh, get the fire department to declare that tinsel is a fire hazard (laughs) (laughs) and and basically internally scheming from within the department store to it's kind of also a takeoff on the Grinch really okay trying to steal to steal he just wants to stop yeah yeah I I might even have him at the end just be sitting on top of like a mountain of presents in the middle of the (laughs) store that they just be like I can't believe it came. What used to be uh, Santa's chair? His uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and he realizes he's doing the Grinch speech. Like, wait, no, verbatim, <laughs> because it's always because it's always playing on the department store TV. <laughs> he's just stealing he's from like, it. Yeah. 
it's just sitting there and like quietly and he's not really doing the rhythm like it came without packages without <laughs> boxes without bags what the fuck am i saying <laughs> <laughs> so um rounding out the cast both um supporting and opposing him are uh john chaturo as nice. the uh the assistant department manager uh i was going to have uh cheyenne jackson oh wow uh whose name we often use as a swear word um, <laughs> <laughs> that used to uh, be as, matt damon for me anytime i stubbed my toes god matt damon, matt damon. <laughs> <laughs> that's south park's fault <laughs> yeah south park guys. uh uh so i had also john Turturro, uh cheyenne jackson uh to uh, christ i didn't save this for those of you who, who, who might not know cheyenne jackson he's more of a broadway star uh but he was one of the leads in united 93 way back when, yeah, when that movie came know. out um i think he's on a tv show now yes uh the name escapes me but um the the late great leslie jordan was also on it uh mm-hmm, and he passed mm-hmm. away they just did the uh yeah he just passed didn't him. he uh, it was um, two months ago, I want to yeah. say. Uh, yeah, poor man. He had a, some kind of a health episode while driving to the set, and he crashed his car and passed. Oh away. my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So they they did a an episode. Uh, sorry to go off on a tangent, but I really yeah, love Leslie Jordan. Uh, they did an episode about his character on the show, um, and they gave him a happy ending that he had moved away uh, and was very happy and in a place he'd always wanted to live, doing something Oof. that he wanted to. And they brought out um, Leslie's, you know, uh, set chair at the end, and just talked about him for a while. And, oh wow, that's and awesome! Character. Yeah, that kind of reminds was, me really a little sweet. bit about like Phil Hartman's episode in, um, uh, what, oh god, what was his show? Uh, news News Radio. News News Radio. Yeah. thank you. I was gonna uh, say this, like uh, this show is called Call Me Cat. Call Me Cat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it was it was really sweet. I was a huge fan of it. A lot of people got to be really big fans of Leslie uh, through quarantine because he would make all these Instagrams hmm. that were so funny, and like his mom, who's got to be a hundred years old, would be in them all the time too. Do uh, do we know what happened when he was? Was it like a stroke or? <sighs> yeah, I, I don't think they released uh, details the exactly what happened, but um, yeah, just some sort of health episode, and then he crashed and, and passed away. Yeah, it really sucks um yeah that's rough yeah so the the show is called call me cat check it out if you guys are looking for a a nice sitcom to stream uh they really did right by him but uh i'm always looking for a sitcom so i might actually check it out yeah it's fun uh the main the main actress is uh mayan bialik from the big bang theory oh nice okay yeah is Uh, she the one that's actually a rocket scientist yeah she's a neurologist call me cat uh you said elizabeth olsen yep all right, let's get back. Uh, who on who track. is much more into Christmas than William H Macy? <laughs> <laughs> who just, is she? Just an employee? Um, I want her to be like a a department manager, not store manager. Um, I didn't want to put her in like you know fragrance or women's clothing. Right, right, right. So uh, one of the other departments, I'm not sure which. Perhaps bedding. Okay. <laughs> I feel like right. I would I would like to run bedding. A little a little bed bath and beyond section. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Because uh, it's great for her because people are always looking for like very cozy comforters around the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That they are. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's the gist of mine is uh, is kind of a, a madcap in the department store of trying to both uh, uh, sabotage 
the notion of, of a holiday department store and uh, to shore it back up by people who, for either cynical reasons or legitimate Christmas reasons, want the store to keep doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And awesome. that's the war in Christmas. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, so that is my pitch. Nicholas, what do you got? All right. So we could, my pitch is very different from yours, but we could easily put this together. I didn't go Christmas. Um, I just went. Um, so, so it takes place in the 1600s. It is Puritans, but it's a straight up like, remember our episode, the, was it the baseball episode where we had the rock die immediately? Yeah. The, the convicts. <laughs> That's the kind of movie that I was, was thinking such of a pitching. Fun one. <laughs> that was uh that was kind of the movie that i'm thinking of pitching um my movie's called disorderly uh and it's about a group of puritans in the 1600s who are just fed up with like the way puritanical society is and like how you know no parties or anything like that so the whole premise is just them trying to throw the biggest rager that they possibly can um and my the the premise is that it's a group of puritans who just want to throw the biggest rager and while they're planning that, they happen to notice a wealthy like businessman uh, who is like bribing a government official. So they end up blackmailing him to put up the cost to like fund their party. Oh, geez. So the premise is just them blackmailing this guy to throw them a party. And then in the end, it's all going to go south. And obviously they have to run away and stuff. Um What's up? <laughs> my my director of choice is actually a TV director. I'm going with Matt Shackman. Uh, who most people know, but if you don't, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think he did what else? He's done he's done Game of Thrones. He's done a lot of things. Uh, he's also yeah. done WandaVision. Um, very, very big name TV director. He's fantastic. Uh, he's done the most it's always sunny out of everyone i believe i think he has like 43 episodes or something like that and it's it's like the best episodes too yeah i went with mainly tv cast um and i tried to make it as eclectic as possible like i said so my cast consists of quinta brunson from abbott elementary h john benjamin william jackson harper caitlin olson and to round it out my uh, my wealthy businessman who is fed up with all of this will be played by Oscar nominee Judd Hirsch. Hey, I love Judd. Um, <laughs> I'm so and, like I'm so glad he got a nomination for the Fable oh, ones. That's so cool. Yeah, I need to watch that. I, uh, I it's one of the few Spielbergs that really didn't click with me in the trailer, but I'm obviously going to watch it. Uh, but it wasn't the one end- of those ones that I was like, yes. You know, the interesting thing about the Fablemans is that Stephen wanted to direct this movie probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but he had to wait. The reason he mm. had to wait is because his father insisted on living to the age of 103. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, because Steven Spielberg's father uh, hit the triple digits, we got Ready Player One and the BFG. <laughs> he was like, I'll just make some other stuff while we wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I definitely plan to check it out. I've watched a couple of the the Oscar nominee pictures as well as some like I watched Two Leslie with uh, Andrea Riceborough the other day. A lot uh, of controversy around that right now. I, I heard about that, which makes me very sad because she's one of my favorite actresses. I find her fantastic. Um, 
I also, you know, I'm not, I'm not reading too much into that stuff because I just don't. But uh, that movie was very good. Everything, everywhere, all at once was also very good. And That's we, both, my, we my saw film Avatar of the year. together. Is it? Yeah. Surprisingly, I think my film of the year is actually Barbarian. I can see it. Barbarian was like, I'm, I'm critical of modern horror films, and we've talked about right. it a lot. But Barbarian was incredibly unique. Yeah, it, it was such an interesting breath of fresh air in the horror genre. Um, the way that it was filmed, the pacing, the basically, you know, the, the the three act structure of it, it was, it was just fantastic. I absolutely loved it. And if you haven't seen Barbarian yet, and you're interested in watching a new horror movie, do not watch the trailer. Go into that movie completely blind, knowing absolutely nothing. I promise you, it'll be worth it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's my cast and stuff. Uh, it's just kind of another uh, throw together a rager party movie mixed together with kind of a blackmailing uh, stint on, you know, trying to keep someone in their place. Um, but I feel like we could easily put these Definitely. two together and I, I'm fine putting it in present day. Um, I don't think we need to do the Puritans or anything like that. So we can easily make it a Christmas party that you're employees are trying to throw um while william h macy is trying to shut all of that stuff down oh boy yeah we're the, we're both separately kind of like reaching this this boiling point i like the, that the only thing i'll say about that is i haven't seen the movie but office christmas party i think is that plot too right it's about a group of people I, trying to throw a christmas party when the boss doesn't want it so I've, se- I've seen 15 minutes of that film and probably towards like the middle of it so i i couldn't tell you I think let me just double check the plot before we start going that route so we can make sure. Well, we haven't seen it, so at least we won't be stealing anything from it. Yeah, exactly. I I have to note while we're taking this quick break that Barbarian, as we were talking about, is an incredibly original horror film written and directed by one of the guys from the whitest kids, you know. Yes. Yes. Which is the weirdest sentence anyone could say. (laughs) Uh, real quick, Office Christmas Party 2016. When his uptight CEO sister threatens to shut down his branch, the branch manager throws an epic Christmas party in order to land a big client and save the day, but the party gets way out of hand. Okay, so we're going to have to shape this idea a little bit more so it's not just let's throw this behind someone's back. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we don't even do a party per se. Maybe we do... I don't know what else could you do. I mean... What else? What other type of Christmas functions could there be at a department store? Well, besides, you know, the Santa meet and greets, um, maybe a big toy giveaway for local kids. Yep, that would work. Some type of charity donation or something. You know, lighting the tree is always a big thing. Hmm. What else oh, we do? What else you know we do? what? It will. We'll put it in St. Louis. Let's do the. Um, do like the um, Saks Fifth Avenue Christmas windows or the Macy's windows. Yeah, like okay. That. Yeah. The whole cool. thing is them trying to put that stuff up. So they're trying to do it behind his back. Mhm. Okay, I like that cuz we yeah. do a lot of shenanigans with window dummies or yeah. people pretending yep. to be window dummies. <laughs> okay. So we go that route. So we have William H Macy as he's like the CEO or like the owner of the department store. Oh, uh, I had him as like this the store manager, but he could be the store owner. Okay, yeah, let's do it. That's n- it's not a franchise. It's like a small department store that's yeah. big in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but it's not a real one. So we won't do Macy's. We can do whatever. And he's he's completely locked into this because like people expect department stores to do this, right? And it's, right. It's and a huge pain in the ass for him. He's got to spend a lot of money on it, 
He's yeah. not particularly into the holiday at all. <laughs> and, like um, he doesn't understand why there's this expectation, but like he has to find a way to reverse out of it that he doesn't look bad. Yeah. Yeah, he can't just be like, no, we're not doing it because I hate fun. Yeah. <laughs> like with the children. There's always, there's always children. someone who will, who will show up and say, what about the children? <laughs> do, do you even live here? <laughs> <laughs> just that one guy who obviously has no kids. And he's just like, but what about the children? Why are you always thinking about the children, Brad? <laughs> well, the one employee. Know. Actually, I, I got to inform you guys of something since I'm changing addresses. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right. So I feel like if we use H, um, William H. Macy, mm-hmm. I want H. John Benjamin to be his right-hand man. <laughs> so H. John Benjamin is the one that's trying. He's the Dwight Schrute to William H. Macy's uh, Michael that. Scott. Um, endorsed fully endorsed yeah absolutely behind it because it's his boss and why would his boss do anything that's not good for business yeah that's not how that works <laughs> his boss he's he's the boss he knows how to business he businesses every day <laughs> you know john someday you're going to develop your own personality and the store is really going to be fucked <laughs> oh uh i can't wait for that day <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> He has no personality. It's just a watered down Bob from yep. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's excited. I, I can't remember the name, but it's like that fish that like attaches itself to the underside of a shark. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And it just sort of swims along. <laughs> He's a bottom feeder. That's literally what yeah. he is. <laughs> so uh, H. John Benjamin wrong with his... bottom feeding. People drop things all the time. <laughs> you just get the best stuff that way. Um, <laughs> Quinta Brunson has to be the new employee. She's the new hire. Oh yeah, we need the uh, the ingenue. Um, what's John Turturro? You said he was what? Um, I just had him as generally part of the, employees. the the cast of the the employees of the store. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking maintenance. Do we have Elizabeth Olsen and Caitlin Olsen as? just like kind of the office bitches <laughs> yeah are they just uh, kind of the ones that like they're the click like they think there's clicks in the store well because really there's no one better on god's green earth at being a humongous bitch than caitlin olsen <laughs> no, i think she has to be yeah she absolutely is she's truly one of the the pillars of uh of comedy yeah i don't she, know how absolutely. any woman in the field cannot uh list her as an influence yeah i think she has to be the fragrance sample girl Oh yeah, and she's constantly just spraying people when they don't want it. And there's like this, there's this one woman that's like constantly about like, please don't spray me with anything. And Caitlin Olson's whole thing is like, no, I'm gonna fucking spray her one time. And yeah. the one time she sprays her, it's an allergic reaction. <laughs> I started working here in high school, and over these <laughs> long years, I have developed the perfect combination and formula <laughs> of different fragrances that are essentially chlorine gas. <laughs> This one woman's just one a regular at the store. <laughs> and she just sprays her and it just fucking it's just an allergic reaction. She's like, there's a reason I didn't want to be sprayed. Homeland Scared is coming. <laughs> gas in the store. She finally did it. She finally did it. <laughs> we knew this day would come. We knew it. Yep. Honestly, I'm glad we held out until she hit middle age. Who had 2023? Who had 2023? <laughs> I had second quarter. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so then how, where are we putting Judd Hirsch? Is he just the old employee that's been there for so long? He sure he sure is, and not only that. <laughs> is he the security? Not, nope. Nope. Old Jewish Judd Hirsch. He's the department store Santa. <laughs> Oh, I just peaked so hard on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Yep, absolutely. But he loves doing it. He does. He, he does. He absolutely like... loves doing it. So William H. Macy trying to take that away, he's he's counting that as like a vendetta directly against him. Yeah. And he's, he's a very is, subversive Santa too, because I think he, he's a socialist. Is he is he kind of like Uncle Leo in Seinfeld where everyone he just thinks everyone's an anti-Semite? So he's like, he doesn't want me to play Santa because I'm a Jew. <laughs> oh, man, it doesn't make any sense, but I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I can't fight him on that. That's that's a whole HR thing that's just ready to blow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> H. John Benjamin comes up to me. He's like, uh, listen, look, if you want to play yeah. Santa, you, you just can't wear the yarmulke. <laughs> what? It's going I, wear on it under under the, I wear it under the hat. Why does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> It's out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> well, it's not out of my mind. <laughs> I know it's there, so I, I think it just it's not. I can, I can sort of feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it's happening, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding that saying. Bob voice. I'm close. I'm close. Yeah, you, um, you've always been like right on top of it. I think. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm right. Time. Yeah, I'm right there. I just don't have it fully yet. Because it's um, not like a comedy voice. Like when I do Teddy, it's just putting a bubble in your throat. Bob Burgers. Yeah, yeah. Teddy, you know my. Right. It's not my. That's not my last name. Yeah, your name is Bob Burgers. <laughs> no, are you serious? Run. <laughs> ah, you remember the burgers? <laughs> yeah, you just got to make the bubble in your throat and be really shrill. <laughs> Larry's so great with that role. Um, where do we put William Jackson Harper? <laughs> so like yeah what kind of attitude does he have towards the store i guess is the question we would ask first i was gonna say like is he from corporate or are we just not doing corporate because it's not a franchise it's just like one store so we probably should uh... and also that's a little too much office i think yeah because hmm. we already have h john sort of as the dwight Schrute, but yeah so perhaps Perhaps he doesn't work for the store, but he's he's got some kind of like he has to have a relationship with it because of what his job is. Like maybe not like town councilman, but like, you know. Hmm, or what if what if he's a salesman that's trying to get his product into their department store? Oh, okay. I like that. So he's just always around. Yeah. He's constantly pitching new products for them to put in their whatever line. Different, completely different things every day. It's not like he's pitching one product over and over. It's just every day he comes back with something new. Yeah, I like that. He's always, <laughs> he's always got something weird in his briefcase. Yeah, <laughs> and none of it makes sense. None of it's something anyone would mm-hmm. want to buy. <laughs> Are you inventing these, or do you, or do you just go? I didn't know door to door people exist. Well, I don't go door to door. There's only one door here, <laughs> and it's a sliding door, so I don't even need a knock. <laughs> We are only client, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, someone buy this man a sandwich in the cafeteria. <laughs> if it's we're your only thing client, I've heard all Christmas. Sorry, all holiday season. <laughs> One guy that pops out. We're not even a client. We've never purchased from him. <laughs> Feels so sad. <laughs> someone get this man a Caesar wrap. <laughs> I 
fucking hate Christmas. Sorry, the holiday season. <laughs> There's one that's, character. That's it. That's our recurring joke for William H Macy's. He's always saying Christmas <laughs> and then correcting himself. Yeah, he wants to be. He wants to be politically correct. He just wants to hate all of it together. Yeah. <laughs> There's one person that's constantly trying to put put uh put out um like red Starbucks cups. No matter what. <laughs> I like that. Oh, of course, the store has a Starbucks in it because that's the thing we do now. Yes. Yep. 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 So it's yeah, it's the Starbucks baristas just being like, "All right, our our holiday cups are here." Absolutely not. No. <laughs> well, There's no those need are the, for it. Those are the only cups we ordered. We don't really have anything. Well, then they will hold the coffee in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> you briefcase got any disposable cups? <laughs> William Jackson Harper is just like, actually, I have a, a new cup that's a, uh, a travel cup. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we can incorporate our use of lunchbox as an insult to each yeah. other. We can just keep calling him briefcase. <laughs> briefcase. You, briefcase. briefcase. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What can I do for you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why do you have lunch here every day? Our cafeteria is not good. <laughs> Oh Lord in heaven! <laughs> <laughs> so what's the what's the culmination? What are we doing? You, I know you want to do the basically him ending with the Grinch speech. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's not the climax. That's that's part of the right. following action, definitely. Right, right, right. So I guess the climax is we got to decide like what's the most important thing a department store does in the holiday season? Is it lighting the tree? No, is I think it's the windows. I think we do the windows opening. Yeah, opening our our window display. Though, yeah, the window display premiere mm-hmm. so yeah, like is that. his goal to stop the windows from being holiday themed yeah because that brings so much of the foot traffic okay okay and they're not even there to buy <laughs> they're just there to look he doesn't want that he doesn't want people blocking his entrance this is a business yeah. looky lose <laughs> <laughs> looky lose <laughs> every christmas season all these looky lose come and they stand in front of the door sorry holiday season <laughs> Dude, I love the running gag every time. Every time. And like the key is that he's like he's angry at himself every time. Yeah. But the the best part about it is that the correction comes two or three sentences after. It's never right. <laughs> it's never right away. It's never like, God damn Christmas. I mean holiday. It's God damn Christmas. I don't even want these people here. What are they even doing? I'm sorry, holiday. <laughs> it's always like two to three sentences after. <laughs> That's truly fantastic. <laughs> well, so I guess, like, if we want to go for like kind of a sweeter ending, it's by the like he has found a way for all the mannequins to be completely non-functional, so the entire cast has to has to be in the windows. <laughs> That's great. Foiling That's great. his plot, they've decided that fine, we'll do it ourselves. <laughs> so who who amongst the people we have proposed is the one who is like the obsessive, like Gucci designer of the window displays? Um, because I think we Cheyenne Jackson, Cheyenne Jackson, yeah, Cheyenne Jackson, or is Elizabeth Olsen? Hmm. Why not? Or is it both? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it both? I like that. The two of them are the. They're just the like they they want to be fashion designers in in house marketing and design team. Yes, 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 absolutely. They are not actually that for the company. They've just deemed themselves that. Yeah, they're both <laughs> they're both in stock. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're warehouse. They're warehouse yeah. people. 
but their whole thing is that no, we're actually the marketing team. No, you're not. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen is forklift certified. <laughs> and for the last time, you were not putting a forklift in the window display. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I can set it to go up and down and we can use that for the reindeer. It's just reindeer on a forklift. Yeah. It's a horrible <laughs> noise, too. <laughs> <laughs> Who's vacuuming in here? That's <laughs> yeah, just Rudolph. <laughs> so we have William H. Macy's whole thing is that he just doesn't want the window displays to go up. H. John Benjamin is trying to make sure that that happens. Yeah. Everyone else is fighting against them to make sure it does go up. How? So over the week before Christmas or whatever... Um, or I guess window displays would probably go up like December 1st, right? Uh, so maybe the yeah, week of Thanksgiving, so. they're all planning to kind of go behind his back to make sure that everything is, uh, put together properly. So they're actually like taking things from the store and hiding them that they're going to end up using. So he's like, oh, where are those it. new suit jackets that, you know, we ordered that should be on. That should be on the rack right now. And they, they have fell them. Off the truck. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> They're just every so often stealing small items. <laughs> Why do people always say that? The things fell off of trucks. How often <laughs> do you see things come off of trucks? <laughs> do you ever see the back of a truck just open when they're driving? That's a horrible truck design. <laughs> this happens every Christmas. I come into the store <laughs> and there's huge gaps in the racks where things should be. Sorry. Holiday. Holiday. <laughs> He's just losing hair. It's yeah. just. <laughs> and that's, that could also be a running gag. He's losing hair. So every day he's coming in with a new hat. <laughs> yeah, just, just tufts of hair. <laughs> Until finally he puts on Judd Hirsch's yarmulke. Mm. And he's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it looks like the store's closing. We're just don't tweet about that. it. We'll be fine. Kanye <laughs> couldn't survive this. We're not going to survive this. <laughs> I'm actually glad to know that I haven't heard about Kanye in the last couple weeks. That makes me happy. Yeah, deplatforming is like very successful when people refuse to acknowledge it, but it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you heard about Milo Yiannopoulos? Oh, God, yeah. Right. That was the, the Republican gay trophy boy. Is that who that was? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's accurate. <laughs> yep. Sunlight, um, baby. Disinfects. Yeah. How do we how do we end? I think we're there. I, I think like, you know, we did the, the kind of touching moment of all of them operating the windows or being the mannequins in it. Um, and other than that, um, I mean, I, I love the image of William H. Macy sitting atop the the like fake pile yeah. of presents in the middle of the yeah, store yeah. next to the tree. <laughs> Maybe he tries to light it on fire and kill himself, but like it's just, it's completely fire retardant. Because... He can't light the presents because the wrapping paper is not going to light. Yeah. But oh it, my god! Because of H. John Benjamin's very strict safety concerns. But it ends up lighting because of Caitlin Olson's fragrance. Yep. She's just... spraying it around, and it accidentally lights the place, and then the whole building goes up. Yeah, roll credits as William H. Macy is sitting atop the pile of gifts. <laughs> you could just hear crackling in the smoke. It's just rising and rising. and just Single tear coming down his eye. Slow zoom into William H. Macy as he very slowly starts. It's a marshmallow time. <laughs> <laughs> we slow zoom in on him. We see the one tear roll down his cheek, and then we go into his eye, which shows just a black hole. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you hear people screaming because they're all running out of the building. <laughs> it's just people, just everyone. Why does it smell? <laughs> what is this noxious gas? <laughs> you, hear, you can hear a forklift battering a door. <laughs> My fragrance is called Wassail. <laughs> Wassalt. <laughs> was salt in the wound <laughs> um, this is a good movie <laughs> it is this is a fun Christmas romp uh, title uh, Warren Christmas was mine was disorderly hmm I'm not sure I'm sold on either of them yeah I think we've moved in a different direction What's we could do we gotta be able to do something with window displays right yeah, like, all right, let me just Google Macy's window display and see what some terms are related to that. Uh, yeah, what is bulletproof glass call? Is there a name for bulletproof glass that's not bulletproof glass? I'm not to my knowledge. Laminated glass, traditional laminated glass, insulated ballistic glass, something. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Acrylic polycarbonate, glass clad polycarbonate. Um, decked out, decked out, decked out. I like decked out. Yeah, you can't do deck the halls. Yeah, that's been used. That's the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis one, isn't it? Is that her? Deck the halls. Is that who is that? Danny DeVito uh, and br- 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 can't remember. And Matthew Broderick. Is that that one? I'm um, deck the halls. Yeah, Matthew uh, Broderick and Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah. No, Jamie Lee Curtis was Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, that one sucked. <laughs> Most of them suck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Title uh, decked out. Uh, director Shackman. Shackman. Yep. I think he's right for this one. Who I hear, by the way, is in contention to be the guy who brings back the Fantastic Four. Really? Yep. Oh, I'd love to get him involved with that. That'd that's the scuttlebutt. Jumping from That's Marvel awesome. TV to Marvel film. Hey, I'm about it. Yeah, imagine his rise. Like, it's just ridiculous where he started. Well, yeah, it's always sunny to Fargo, to Game of Thrones, yeah. to Marvel television, to potentially Marvel film. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm excited. I I, I really enjoy him. And every podcast, like, um, you know, the Office Ladies pod have spoken about him. It's Always Sunny pod has spoken about him, obviously. And they, they just can't say enough nice things and about his talent and just like him as a person. So oh, yeah. I, I am here for his his rise. <laughs> the Shaq Monaissance. The Shaq Monaissance. I got way too close to the mic when I said that. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were like right over here with that. <laughs> Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman. <laughs> oh, that's the new one we say when we're cursing. Matt uh, Shackman. <laughs> it hits the same uh, the same vibes as the early internet days of ah Bob Saget. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. R.I.P. Bob. R.I.P. Yeah, that that one was a tough one too. Um, I think we got a movie. I think we have a film, and I think it's funny, and I think we just need to get in touch with Quinta Brunson because I feel like she just gets shit done. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. This is very true. <laughs> Have you watched any of Abbott? Of course. Yeah, it's fantastic. I need to catch up on the second season. I'm only like two episodes in or something. Mm-hmm. But, okay, uh, I, 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 won't, I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Also, the off-topic tangent, because just because this is right up our alley, do you have Apple TV? Uh, I don't, but we have it in the house. Okay. Have you watched the trailer for Hello Tomorrow? No. With Billy Crudup? No, I didn't know he had a show. Watch the. Tra- it's not out yet. It comes out in I think a couple weeks. Um, watch the trailer as soon as we're done with this recording and text me. Okay. All right. It is directly up our alley. Ooh. Okay. Um. Anyone else out there listening, please feel free to watch it. I can't wait for that show. Let's <laughs> actually real quick. Hello tomorrow. Uh, oh, Billy Crudup, Hank Azaria, and Allison Pill. This is a good. Yeah. Cast. Don't don't read the don't read the synopsis. I want you to just watch the trailer. Yeah, it's just February seventeenth. It comes out February seventeenth. So that Ooh. is two weeks from Friday. Um, and this will be we're recording this on the first this this episode, folks, just so you're aware, will publish on the fourth, which is Saturday. I don't know why I say that. If they're listening to it, it's published. There's really no reason for them to know the date. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason for me to say this episode will publish on Saturday. They're not listening to it before this going, oh, I'll get ready for Saturday. No, it, if they're listening, it, it's out. <laughs> time is stupid. <laughs> time is relative. Um. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will have the Gifted Faker here for episode 61. We try to do our special guest episodes every 10th. Um, sometimes it doesn't work out, uh, but we are very excited for her to jump on board. Please make sure you go check her out on streaming. Uh, she's on Twitch. She's on Instagram. She's on Twitter, all that stuff. We've tagged her on Twitter if you need to find her. Um, she's been doing a lot of really fun stuff on streaming, also with Megara Hope, who is guest starred on this show as well. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this pitch. This was a fun little late Christmas romp for us to get through in February. Um, and I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything, Rob? No, I'm just I'm really happy to get back into the swing of this. This is the first podcast I've done that I've like actively missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Getting back into the I was uh, that's why I texted you the other day. I was like, we got we can't we can't keep this just sitting here. <laughs> yeah, this is a hot commodity. Hot commodity. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We can't wait to see you for the next one. And please, again, like always, like, comment, subscribe, review, share your thoughts, share your stories, share your pitches, whatever you want to give to us. Uh, we'd love to showcase some of that stuff on the podcast. I still want to do a listener episode if we can get a mailbag episode going at some point. I, I know we have a little bit of a backlog, um, so we might be able to do that soon. Yeah, I think we can pull it off. There's enough. Awesome. At least from my dad, who's constantly sending me things on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, my dad doesn't send me anything. What a deadbeat. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Sign us (laughs) off, Rob. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching the show. We love you very much. I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss.